I will get myself a beverage. I am recording. Okay, what right. are you going to get, Liam? I don't know. A beer? Maybe. Vial of horse cum? Oh, you didn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. Well, for a second, you guys were not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> you were both kind of spaced out. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I lost everything. <laughs> Classic us. Okay. Uh, today we are coming live from Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. I don't know how we got here with the borders closed, but we're here. Yeah, we. <laughs> They just, they, yeah, they want us here for some reason. Yeah. We got um, some connections, some dear friends there. They're called giant water monitors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and today we are sponsored by, just like every other day, we are sponsored by our patrons, which you can follow us on patreon.com slash thunderlizard. Uh, all of you who are patrons will get a shout out at the end of the show. Um, today we are going to be talking about CG versus practical effects in movies. Um, little did everybody know at home that we are actually, we actually don't look like this. My name is actually Kate Winslet. Um, <laughs> this is a CG mask. Liam is, uh, sorry, Lucas is Doug Jones. Uh, just wearing I'm Billy little- Zane. <laughs> <laughs> you were so excited about being Billy Zane. You had to cut Christian. <laughs> what? I thought we were doing the Titanic thing. I was like, yeah, no, that whole bald thing is a lie. Billy Zane has an amazing head of hair. <laughs> but first and foremost, we are going to jump into the ingestion. Lucas, what do you got for us today? All right. Uh, I didn't watch anything be- because um, I, being home all day has fucked with my brain, and I, and I can't seem to watch a full movie without drifting away so i've playing been playing video games and books which take much longer and apparently that makes sense how do you play a book <laughs> did i say did i say that <laughs> that's fine oh man but i uh, uh recently baldur's gate 3 came out uh at least the early access of it and that i've been i put 40 hours into that in the last two weeks uh i don't know anything about that i've heard it's yeah, really well, hard I- uh, well, it's actually based on D and D. This this one actually uses uh, uh, the fifth edition mechanics oh, cool. uh, as as like a game mechanic as the mechanics of the game. They make some changes because some things don't really translate uh, over very well. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. It, it reminds me a lot of Dragon Age Origins and other like uh, uh, what do they call Bioware games yeah. from back in the day before they got bought out by EA and became bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's a lot of fun. You have like your basic party mechanics. You you have like companions. There's like a warlock, a rogue, a fighter, a cleric, etc. Um, you build your character. You get to select your race, your class, and your background and everything, just like in Fifth Edition D and D. And having and it takes place in the Forgotten Realms, which is the base world for um, uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, or one of the settings, I should say. It's kind of the assumed setting, but it's not the only setting. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's like D and D, but in a computer. That's cool. <laughs> so, what's the sorry? What's the game like? What's the gameplay like? Top down, first person, third uh, it's, person. It's turn based, sort of. Like, um, so when you're not in combat, you can kind of just walk around the world. It's kind of top down, not like perfectly top down, kind of from coming from kind of from an angle, like Diablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot, lot, a lot like that. And you one around your with your party, you in, interact with the story and the NPCs, 
And when it goes into combat, it actually goes into turn-based modes. So everybody rolls initiative, and then they take their turns like like in regular D and D. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. Um, I've, I also got to play uh, Among Us for the first time the other day. Oh yeah, and just the game everyone on the internet is playing. Uh, <laughs> Lucas is sus. <laughs> <laughs> but for those who don't know, uh, Among Us is basically um, John Carpenter's The Thing, the game. Yeah. Uh, except you, you get together with a bunch of people and one person is basically the thing. They're the imposter. And your job is to go around and sabotage the spaceship or the base or wherever you are and murder everybody. And if someone finds a body, they can report it or they can call an emergency meeting. And then you have to discuss between all the players, like what they saw, uh, uh, who they saw, where, and you have to try to figure out who the imposter is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a classic bluffing game, but it's 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 a lot of fun. Did you play with friends or did you just play randoms? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I played with some pe- some friends and then some people I didn't know uh, just because they invited other people that they knew. But, right. Um, yeah, I've heard you cannot play that game with randoms because it's just because you don't really know people. You don't know if they're bluffing. Yeah, right? I mean. Playing over voice is much better than playing over text, because uh, there, there's text uh, text conversations based built into the game, and you can play that way. I played a little bit that way, uh, but it's much more fun when you play with people that you know over voice chat. Right. I mean, text is also just like with all writing, it's naturally an interpretive form of communication. Yeah. So like some things won't come across very well, if, and that can be detrimental when you need it to come across. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can easily you can easily type it wasn't me. <laughs> but if, if if you're bad at lying, you could be like, it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then everyone knows, like, oh, that person says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've also, I've been playing a lot of games, apparently. Uh, I've been playing a game called The Outer Wilds. Not oh, yeah. The Outer Worlds, The Outer Wilds. Yeah, I've been meaning to pick it up. Two different games. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it's like dinosaurs it's, and shit, right? No, it's... it's. Um, well, I'm thinking uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's very good as well. I played that one too, um, but but uh, Outer Wilds is space exploration uh, mixed with mystery in a time loop. Cool, very it's, neat. Uh, so basically, you're you're like this uh, uh, new astronaut, and you're about to go out on your first solo flight, and you take off, and you're exploring the little solar system. It's a very small solar system because you can literally walk around the moon in like two minutes. Right, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh and then something happens and you die and you wake up at the beginning of the day Mm. and you have to go through the planet find all these hidden locations and like put together clues and try to discover like why this thing is happening and how to stop it i've yet to beat it i've it's not a game that i can play for like long stretches right it's it's kind of something i have to play like two three hours at a time uh, but it's so cool. I highly recommend it. I'm gonna pick it up. Yeah, based off of so that recommendation fun. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? And it's it? like it doesn't really hold your hand at all. It's just kind of it, it explains how the mechanics work, but like it has it has like a log of the clues, but it doesn't like put information together for you. You have uh, to do that yourself. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Anything else, Lucas? Uh, no, that's it. Okay, Liam. I guess since Lucas started with some games, I'll start with that. At, I mean, it got cut short a little bit due to circumstance, but I more or less finished my Assassin's Creed binge. Oh, yeah, right on. Nice. Towards the end of before going back to work, I decided uh, 
you know what? I haven't played these games in years. Why not try it again? See if they still hold up the way I, th- I was of the way I thought they did. Um, I still love them very much, but there's some things that um, I've kind of noticed more of as an adult or like just in retrospect, as opposed to a curtain of nostalgia. Yeah. Like uh, one, I didn't realize that like outside of a first game, you don't really spend any time outside of the animus only really in the beginning and end What's when you're the... playing as that's like the machine Desmond goes into to uh, connect with uh, the assassins. I see. I see. Yeah. Like, well, in the first one, they spread it out a little bit more in the next two of the, the designers were like, well, everybody just wants to do the assassin shit or whatnot. Which I mean, like, fair, but I'm like, part of what was so cool about the first Assassin's Creed is the universe and whatnot and all of that around that they set up. And then they only just go into one aspect of it through the rest. Though it's still an, but it's still an engaging play nonetheless. And I'm trying to think, try to come up with things that you can do outside of it. Yeah. Like, I can imagine that being a little bit more tricky and keeping people engaged. For sure, for sure. Um, the graphics still hold up pretty well. I was just playing them on my Xbox. Um, and, uh, uh, was it uh was it both they all still look pretty good for the most part but they've definitely aged yeah oh yeah um and uh previous gen yeah definitely uh the biggest thing i took away from it is that uh uh was it uh at least what they pull from or the historic some historical details or whatnot and like the philosophy's a mess like it's a little <laughs> all over the place and like hard to um like in fact i'm pretty sure the motto of the assassins comes from like an old like an ancient dictator or whatnot <laughs> last i looked into it so which ones did you play because i know there's like fucking 30 of them at this point um, <laughs> yeah. the ones i grew up with so the first one because i was finally able to get a copy of it it worked um the second brotherhood revelations and i was gonna start to play three but it turns out a copy i have is shit mm. bummer dude uh, okay, i think i think i stopped at revelations that's I don't the think third I one three uh revelations uh, is the third one that came out no, uh, I think Revelations uh, is the fourth one that came out because right. there was like Assassin's Creed 1, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed 2 Revelations. Uh, it's I'm... not two, we're just Brotherhood and Revelations. And then, oh, okay. Because uh, they, they start, it's in the same time with the same characters. Yeah, though. yeah like Ezio was the assassin from uh, game two up until um, Revelations. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the third one is like, I remember growing up, that's where I hopped off just because I'm like, it's over. You wrapped everything up. There's not really anything else to do here. But pirates. Um, yeah, I and I remember Black Flag being fun but trivial, but it was getting to a point where I'm like, you guys are just going to start to beat a dead horse with another dead horse that was beaten by five different dead horses. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many dead horses. Um, I mean, that is how a lot of farms tend to work, sadly. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, overall, it was a fun experience to revisit them. Um, I'm actually, I still throw, even though ones I've finished, I'll throw on occasionally just for like side missions and whatnot. Like, cause uh, I w- the main way I would do it is I'd play through the main story and then just play through uh, all the other stuff that they have. Like that's usually how I play games. Yeah. Um, Like, especially in Brotherhood, uh, there's a lot of uh, fun missions with Da Vinci's war machines. <laughs> like there's one point right, where you right. get to drive like this cool tank thing nice um and like uh that uh you know like the famous like flying thing or whatnot yeah 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 i was it yeah there's like a number of missions where you get to use that that's cool Um, what else liam yeah and then uh after that um just because i was hanging out with a friend uh we a friend another friend of mine from high school i met up with on uh saturday and we were hanging out and 
we were just having a few beers watching a movie and uh after we watched one he was like you know what i haven't seen in a while and i kind of want to watch and it was funny he brought it up because i saw it on my twitter earlier he was like let's watch blade <laughs> oh, <laughs> i was yeah. like okay i'll watch blade again yeah, yeah. it's something i had been putting off for years because like given if you know anything about me as an adult you know that i hate the person who wrote that movie <laughs> um but so whom watching um do we put him on David, the fuck you I list? I fucking hate comic book fans. S. Goyer. Oh uh, yes, you're on the list, Goyer. <laughs> I think he's made the list before. Oh okay, it's yeah. A, I think his name is on there like 13 times at this point. At this point, I remember Liam um, had a huge rant about David Goyer a couple <laughs> episodes like a while ago. Um, and you know what? I've come to realize this over time. If David Goyer is to do comic book shit, just do shit like this where you don't act like you're like this godsend with a huge voice or whatnot. Just be doofy and whatnot. Like, because yeah. Blade is not cool because of a script or any of that. Blade is cool because Wesley Snipes had some stylish direction. Yep. Mm. Who did? Who directed that first one? Uh, his name is Stephen Norrington. Ah. Did he do um, all three? No. Uh, the second one is Guillermo del Toro. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't and know that. And the third one, Goyer directed himself, and that ex- probably explains why that movie's awful. You cock-juggling thunder cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a thing Ryan Reynolds says in that movie. Mm-hmm. But an actual good one-liner, which works, and I don't know why, and I have decided I'm going to start saying this to whatever I hear people hear see people say something stupid or detestable, which is the line, some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Blade says before he kills the villain. That's fucking awesome. That, that's kind of an amazing line. Yeah. Like, it's so out there and stupid. I love it. <laughs> that's good. Um, but no, uh, uh, what is it? Like, uh, I was, again, I was really putting off rewatching it just because I was like, I was scared, but as an adult, I'm going to hate it. But there's just enough there that keeps me entertained. Um, in fact, it kind of makes me, as much as I do love Mahershala, I'm like, I'm going to miss Wesley Snipes. Hell yeah. Mm. I forgot Mahershala Ali is playing Blade now. That should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think it's a fine casting choice, but I will Uncle always Aaron. imagine Snipes. <laughs> Uncle Aaron, the Prowler. Yeah, um, and then, uh, se- uh, was it? Then the other thing I, I guess, watched and kind of played, and I actually had the uh, benefit of watching this with one of our patrons. And no, this is not a perk. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a perk. Um, it just happened that it worked out. I finally watched Vandersnatch. Yeah. Oh, like, the the Black Mirror thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not movie thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing I'll say is that I did have a lot of fun while I was doing it and playing uh, how what I was watching kind of slash playing it. But as it was over, the more I thought about it on my way home, I was like, I didn't like that very much. Yeah, but, I, but I also I so I saw this individual um in the recently and we kind of talked about it it's not a movie it's not a video game it's an experience and i think you probably thought of it more as a movie than you did i mean the way i saw it is that like it just can't find that right balance between being something you watch and something you play and it just kind of reminded me why i don't think interactive movies really work because when i got home i also tried the same thing with the uh Netflix uh, Carmen San Diego thing. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, I didn't know they did one of those. Yeah. Yeah, as after season 2 it turns out that they did an interactive thing and I've watched some episodes of a cartoon here and there. So I was I like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Too, so. Where in the world is she? <laughs> um and again, it's just that I'm like it's Nothing? a cool experiment to try, but I it's like Bandersnatch especially before it was coming out in some sense have said like this is a game changer or whatnot. This is we finally figured it out. I'm like, no, we haven't. In no. fact, I think it's just 
The closest you guys are ever going to get to something like this is heavy rain, so just leave it at that. Yeah, but that's an actual video game. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, it's the closest thing you're ever going to get, probably ever going to get to an interactive movie. I don't know. Detroit Become Human. Pretty damn good. Got pretty close. I've not played it. Um, it's good. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's all I've ingested. The other thing I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about with Christian, because him and I and uh, another friend of ours saw it together. She's, she's not just my friend, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> a little hey, bit more. There's a that. little thing called privacy, dude. Oh, no, we've talked about her. She, she's in the, she's in the next room. I, I go, bring her on. Bring her on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just choked on my own spit because I'm so goddamn funny. Um, <laughs> no, it's because you're so goddamn gross. Uh, anyway, so moving into the things that I have seen. Um, so, yeah, like Liam was saying, we, we went and saw a movie because I won tickets for it. Um, we saw Brandon Cronenberg's new film, Possessor, um, which, if you know anything about the Cronenbergs, it's pretty gross. Um, the movie is... So it's about um, this agency that uh, does implants on people's brains and then allows assassins to then take over their body so they can go commit, like, murder and shit. And then that way you, as the assassin, are not liable because you didn't technically kill anybody, right? <laughs> like, so they get people to go. Anyway, you, they kind of just take over the body and, and then go and kill people. Um, but as the movie goes on, the one man that the woman goes into his implant starts to malfunction. And so she starts to lose control over the hair puppeteering of his body. Um, and it gets real trippy and weird at parts. The movie's okay. I did not love it. Um, I think it was fine. I think they really could have pushed the sci-fi a lot more than they did. Um, well, because it's sci-fi in the way Black Mirror is sci-fi. It's a yeah. lot. It goes a lot more about spectual, spectual, speculative fiction, aesthetic, and tone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I would call that uh, from what you told me anyway. Uh, science fiction, but more like you said, speculative fiction. Yeah, and and the other thing too that I noticed is no one smokes cigarettes. All the bad people vape, and I was like, <laughs> "Fucking subtle, there, dude. Subtle." <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, it. I haven't seen Antiviral, which is his first film, um, but I've heard a lot of people really like that one. People are really loving this one critic critically. Um, uh, audiences, not so much. Uh, it's oh, did you it guys? Oh, you guys still just here? got some awards yesterday. Uh oh, I think my internet's crashing. Oh no! What mm -hmm. happened oh, no. again? Oh no! Oh, I can hear you, Lucas. Your internet connection is unstable. Oh, can you hear me? I can, can hear you. Liam? Liam, talk. Hello. Okay. Oh, are you back? I think so. Liam said hello. hello. I know. Hello. I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thrilling, thrilling podcast material here, everybody. Um. Anyway, yeah, I thought the movie was fine. I don't, I don't really think it was. It's not a masterpiece by any means, but I thought it was fine. There are some scenes in it that are very, very, very violent um, and hard to watch. Um, Sean Bean's in it. There was one point where, mm -hmm. yeah, Sean Bean. Does he do what Sean Bean does? Oddly enough, he does not. Yeah, he does not. Fuck this. Yeah, my internet's all unstable. So. I can't hear a Boiler. word you guys are saying. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick pause. I'm going to end this. And we're going to come right back. Okay. Carry on. 
<laughs> but yeah, Possessor, um, how was it? I enjoyed it pretty well overall. Um, I had to sit with it for a little bit just because like uh, usually with movies like that, like really more surrealistic, uh, kind of like uh, like just out there visually things, I kind of like to sit with them for a day and think about them. And overall, I'd say I'd enjoy it. Solid 3.5 out of 5. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, now that the show is back, <laughs> um, the one of the other things I watched was uh, a movie on Netflix called Little Mon... Or no, it was uh, Amazon. But it's called Little Monsters, and it's got uh, Josh Gad and Lupita Nyong'o. And the premise is that um, Lupita Nyong'o... Such a weird pairing. Well, the, he's not... Josh Gad's not the lead. He's just there. Um, oh, okay. Some dude who looks like discount Chris Hemsworth is the is the lead. Um, is it his brother? Luke Hemsworth? <laughs> no, no. Liam um, Hemsworth? No, he's Australian. So anyway, they Aust- are all Australian, dude. Oh, well, fuck me. Anyway, <laughs> it's an Australian film, and uh, the premise is that Lupita, uh, the the main guy is like a washed up rock star who recently breaks up with his girlfriend, and then. He goes and moves in with his sister for a little bit and goes and takes his nephew to school one day. And and Lupita Nyong'o is the little kid's kindergarten teacher. And they go to this, like, field trip on this farm or whatever. And then zombies show up. Um, And she has to, like, take care of these kids to make sure that they don't get eaten by fucking zombies. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just so good. It was very, very good. Lupita Nyong'o is so talented. Um, she, she's just exceptional in, in, in the movie. And uh, the other the guy who's there, too, is also pretty good. Um, obviously, it's a little bit romantic and whatnot. But Josh Gad plays this character who's like, like a Mr. Rogers kind of guy. So he has like a TV show, and all the kids love him, and he sh- he's there. He happens to be shooting an episode of his show while the kids are there. Um, the zombies start breaking out. And uh, he goes, he just flips the switch. He goes from being like a, uh, a nice, like a nice guy, you know, nice uh, uh, TV show host. And then just starts swearing and cussing and getting fucked up and like all this stuff in front of the kids and like calling them little shits and all this stuff. It's really entertaining. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. And uh, there's a Lupita Nyong'o sings a lot of Taylor Swift songs on a ukulele and it's just A plus. Oh. A plus material there, everybody. Um, then the other thing that I started recently was uh, the Tales from the Crypt, the HBO series from 1988 is when it started, and it's awesome. <laughs> it, I liked it a lot when I would when I would sneak out of bed as a kid and I would and I would watch it with my grandpa. Yeah, it's definitely an HBO show. Um, definitely not for kids. Uh, the first episode has Will Sadler in it who's the Grim Reaper in uh, uh, the Bill and Ted movies. And he's the villain in Die Hard 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And anyway, so he's uh, he's the main guy in the first episode. And they're not necessarily horror episodes. They're more they're definitely in the horror realm, but they're very goofy and very silly. The second episode is directed by Zemeckis, and uh, it's a Christmas episode. Um <laughs> uh, and it's just like it's about like a killer Santa Claus or, or escaped uh, mental patient, and he's like going around and killing people, among other things, are happening at the same time. But I also watched an episode from season five that has Will Wheaton in it and uh, Meredith Salinger, and it's pretty. Yeah. Anyway, it's really really silly. It's very silly but very entertaining, and every single episode is just a setup for a pun. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
Like the the the, the crib keeper gets the, you get to the end of the episode and he just has says something really stupid <laughs> and you're like ah shucks this is a shaggy dog story and I'm like you you're fucking made. got me Dang, and now you've kind of just by bringing up tales of a crypt you made me want to watch Demon Knight again oh yeah the movie yeah yeah um is it also an anthology movie uh I don't think so I'm oh. trying to rem- again I haven't a lot I haven't done watched anything uh tales of a crypt since I was like ten yeah. Yeah, I remember I did like Demon Knight a lot as a kid, though. Yeah, I, I don't know if I ever saw it, actually. And then the last thing that I'm going to bring up is also a recommendation. So look at that transition um, is I started reading um, Gene Wolfe's. Uh, it's backwards for everybody at home, but Gene Wolfe's uh, The Book of the New Sun. Uh, this is the first volume, which is the shadow of the torturer. I got glasses and so now I'm a fucking nerd. So, <laughs> so now you got to read books. Yeah, it's, I can it's, actually, it's the law. If you have glasses, you have to read books. I was like, oh man, I can actually read the words now and I don't get dizzy. Either uh, but it's so, I love it. It's just yeah. like melodrama, um, but in like a fantasy world, uh, it's like, it's a, it's a dying earth book, right? So it's like, it's a, it takes place like super, super far in the future where the sun is dying and like the whole world is kind of shutting down because of that. And uh, the book follows the character named um, Severian and he's, or um, he's a torturer. Uh, so this, the system that they've built in the, in the, in the Citadel um, or the necropolis or whatever is um, if you commit a crime, you got to go to jail, obviously, but like, they pretty much just throw everybody in jail if you disappoint or piss off the autarch. He's like the king or whatever. If you piss him off, then it's like, boom, you just go straight to fucking the torturers. And the torturers, yeah, they do exactly that. So they keep you prisoner and then, like, torture you and then you die um, in very grim and very satisfying ways sometimes. But <laughs> um, Severian shows mercy um, to one of the clients is what they're called. Which makes him and which ex- exiles him from uh, the the guild of the torturers, and uh, I'm at that point now in the book where that happens. Um, so there are four volumes of the book. So I I did pick up. So this volume that this version that I have right here, this one, is actually out of print. So I was gonna oh, wow. try and find these timescape ones too to have like all four and that, but I didn't. So I had to get them like this. So these are volumes one and two and three and four. Um, one thing that I'm going to point point out that drives me fucking bananas is that the spines don't match. Oh, no. That's it, the worst. It really pisses me off. <laughs> I am, like, so angry about that's it. That's part of why I haven't bought the uh, rest of a Futurama seasons is because they don't match the... Uh... I was the case design that I have that yeah. I have for the first two, and it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like um, this shelf up here with the Expanse books. The first four are all the same. The fifth one there is significantly shorter than tell. the rest. Yeah, and yeah. then you got two more that are the same as the first four, and the last one's hardcover, so it's a little bit duller. Oh bummer! Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much. Because you can't, especially since you can't really tell in the video. You can, you can if you look, but yeah, it's yeah. So this uh, is gonna... a source of slight annoyance, especially since the fifth book is my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it stands out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying it. I'm having a really good time. Um, because I've never really read a book like this before. I usually read just like modern fiction. Um, mm. 
and things like that or sci-fi and this is sci-fi fantasy more fantasy than other things but like i said before it's kind of like a melodrama so it's real slow mm-hmm. um like really fucking slow <laughs> but gene wolf just has a way with words that is just so poetic and beautiful and mm-hmm. there's one chapter where he goes and talks to this like librarian because there's different guilds and stuff and they like do different things and he goes to to fetch these books for somebody um in who's at, at in the the citadel or whatever and um there's a whole page an entire page where essentially every fourth word is the word book <laughs> um but when you read it and when well, i've been listening to the audiobook as well while i've been reading it just so i can like really invest myself but um <laughs> yeah even though he says book like 700 fucking times you're still like ooh Ooh, ah. <laughs> you just really like it. I, I, yeah. Anyway, highly suggest it. Um, I think Lucas, I actually think you would really enjoy it. Um, it sounds pretty cool. I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm probably gonna pick it up at some point. What? Uh, can you say the name again? So the first book is called The Shadow of the Torturer. Shadow of the Torturer. Okay. But the series is called The Book of the New Sun. Book of the New Sun. All yeah, right. So it's cool. a tet- tetralogy. So there's four books. There's a fifth sequel book that. You don't have to read it. Doesn't it's not necessary. But hmm. anyway, yeah. So I'm about halfway through the first volume, and I really like it. Liam, nice. what are, what are you going to recommend us today? Um. So originally, I was going to recommend a board game. I'm just kidding. That's what I am going to recommend. Mm. For a okay, you have me worried for a second there. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is a game that Christian and I have played many, many times. Yeah, and it's called Super Fight. Yep, a game of of absurd arguments. <laughs> It's, so, you could call it the Thundercast board game. <laughs> it's so essentially it's, Cool Wars. It's essentially yeah. Cool Wars. Nice. That's part of where the idea came from. Yeah. Um, so essentially, here's how it works. It has a similar setup to something like Cards Against Humanity, uh, where, where you have a white card and a black card, and you have to draw it out so you have an equal amount in your hands or whatnot, and you go to the person next to you. You have to, uh, what is it? Your white card is a character card. And then the black card is a um, is essentially what it can do or whatnot or an add-on. An attribute, yeah. Yeah. And then you put it down and you debate with each other as to – then you debate with a person next to you as to who would win the fight. Yeah, and so – And the rest of a group uh, uh, votes on who would win. It'll be like a T-Rex with chainsaw arms versus, versus – a disembodied head that could only be killed by beheading. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's – yeah. Anyway, it's super fun. Super fight. Uh, yeah, there's also um we've played you, it all three of us have played it together haven't we i don't think i played that oh okay um there are also uh blank cards where you could write down like a specific thing on there and i think each one comes with like a good 10 of them or so uh right. less than that but i gave liam my copy because my partner and i we have we had two copies so i gave liam mine but part of why i gave liam mine is that there was a card in there that i wrote for my shitty ex-roommate um, he was a total piece of shit and I didn't want to have that card game anymore. So you, know, you could have also just gotten rid of a, you could have just gotten rid of a card. Yeah, I could have didn't <laughs> Christian's a... mortal enemy, practical thinking. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of. All right, Lucas, what do you got for us? All right. I'm going to recommend, uh, 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 some of Thundercast's, uh, competition, not, not Thundercast actually more Thunder and Dragons competition. Ah. Uh, uh, there's a D there's a D and D Paul cod. I can't talk. There's a D and D podcast. We should do a codcast. That's just a podcast <laughs> about fish. Yeah, we'll do it while fishing. Though. <laughs> yeah, no, a D and D podcast called "Not Another D and D Podcast." 
Uh, a while back, they finished their first campaign and they have started their second campaign. It's called Eldermorn. And it's in this really interesting sort of dark fairy tale setting. Uh, so, and they've only released one episode so far, at least at the time of recording. Um, by the time this is out, they probably will probably release their second. But uh, it's a lot of fun. The cast mm-hmm. is really fun. They're all like former college humor uh, uh, actors and writers. Um, they they always make really interesting characters. They make really stupid choices, which makes for great D and D podcasts. Love it. Um, <laughs> and I, and uh, going back a little bit, they did sort of a short campaign called Hot Boy Summer. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, basically the story of that one was well, they were all frat bros, um, and they were looking for their buddy Carl who got kidnapped by a mermaid or something. Yeah. Um, and there's their characters' names like there's Max, son of Mumford. Um, okay. <laughs> there's Hungry Dave, who's a dragonborn who's just always hungry. Hungry Dave. Yeah, Hungry Dave. Uh, Tread, who is uh, an emo bard, <laughs> and a tiefling sorcerer named Maverick the Unschooled, who also appears in their first campaign. And it's their advent- just their adventures going through like a spring break type situation in a fantasy world, trying to find their buddy Carl. That is and hilarious. And it's very funny. It's, sounds... it's, it's, it's so good. It's so sounds stupid. Kind of, sounds kind of like the hangover with D&D and frat. Kind of, yeah. They even, <laughs> they even like wake up uh, after, like the it starts with them waking up with a hangover. And like, why did we watch all three Matrix movies last night? I don't know. <laughs> So, do any Stupid, of them get addicted to boner pills by chance? <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Not Boy Summer. That one's done. Oh, but okay. not in Eldermorn yet. Nice. So, we got that up on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go us. Boner pills. All right. That's a good way to transition to the break, hey, I suppose. Sorry about all those uh, little blips and bloops there. A little bit of internet connection errors. But I had to tell my partner to stop watching Modern Family. So <laughs> now that that has what happened, is Modern Family anymore? Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's on Netflix. I know a couple people who are watching it. Yeah, those people are fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta check myself. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, alienate all, half of our audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's consider there's six people that listen to this. I bet you three of them probably watch Modern yeah. Family. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, everybody, we are going to go to break, and we will come back with our conversation about CG versus practical things. When you don't want to get up to go to the bathroom, do you pee in it? Don't look in it. <laughs> no, it is full of piss. <laughs> isn't, that what, isn't that what you use a spittoon for? All right, everybody, welcome back to the Thundercast. Uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about CGI versus practical effects in movies. Um, that's pretty much it. That's the setup. And go. <laughs> <laughs> I like them both. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm more of a sucker for practical effects personally because mm-hmm. I think there's not to say that there's not ma- like artistry in CG effects because holy crap is there ever like that there's giant sandworm in it. the dune trailer looks like mm-hmm. fucking bananas yeah. um you know that the, the heptapods in arrival just like is mm-hmm. that what they're called heptapods i believe so well, um, even in a movie christian that you don't like i know you don't like very much but like uh people forget this in guardians 2 but when you actually see ego like that's the largest visual effect ever created for a movie is it really oh, wow 
Well, yeah, when damn. you see him as the actual planet. Oh, huh. Why is it the large? Like, how is it the largest? Be uh, was it because they uh, used the, uh, like, you know, they used uh, the aspect ratio for the film or whatnot, mm -hmm. and they uh, edited it so that it would actually be in about the size and scale of what close to, like, as big as they could possibly make it for the screen. Wow. And they also wow. did, like, they did a lot of editing around it to make it look like probably about as big as, um, uh, was it as a living planet would probably be or a moon? Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. That's neat. So there you go, everybody at home. This has been the episode. Liam gave us a fact and now let's go into cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do think they each have different strengths. For sure. Like when, when something isn't physically possible, obviously CGI is the way to go. But like um, practical effects have such like a, What's the word I'm looking for? Tangibility. Tangibility, and they're like very tactile, and like they're obviously there, and you can you could if if obviously if the screen wasn't between you, you could reach out and touch it, and there's there's something that like is very like um comforting about that, I guess. I yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, depending on what you're watching, like the the werewolf mm. transformation in American Werewolf in London, like. <laughs> If they did, if they made that movie now, it would one hundred percent just be a CG mess. Yeah, um, like it kind of is in the Wolfman, which you yeah, still like, suggest that you watch it, Lucas, because it's batshit well, stupid. Well, the sad thing <laughs> with that is that they uh, was is that they were originally planning to do it. Uh, I was they got half of it done with a practical effect, effect, but since Joe Johnson, when he signed on, didn't have time to prep for the film, he had to go the CGI route for the rest of it. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. mind punch ups either. Like. Uh, in certain spots, but when you see something like the remake of the thing, for or the prequel or whatever the fuck it is, um, that just completely ruined that movie, in my opinion. Like, because there there was so much proof that they did so much work practically, and then they just went in and just like marked over it like crazy. Um, that really just like ruined the the artistry behind what was it ILM I think did that I could be wrong um, sure. I don't know what the production house was but I know the guys who worked on the animatronics and all of that makeup have completely disowned the film and refused to watch it yeah oh wow yeah and I don't blame them <laughs> um, yeah, yeah no you can actually go on you can go onto YouTube and you can find the original footage and tests that they used for that uh I was at four of those creatures yeah Lucas can you do me a favor. Mm -hmm. Can you shut the fuck? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, can you can you go and look up uh, what the first CGI effect was, if possible? Um, yeah, because like another thing that I was gonna bring up is um, like Spielberg, for example, how big of a transition that guy went through from being like a pretty hardcore practical effect guy to then doing Ready Player One which just is like a CG mess. And some of it also doesn't look very good. Oh, I mean, to be fair, Ready that, Player One is something I don't think you could really do without CGI. I feel like you could use a lot yeah. more of it. You could have done a lot more practically than they actually did. Imagine if they built the real Iron okay. Giant. Okay, here's one where I'm actually going to give a little... Here's something where I'm actually going to give a little bit of respect to. And this is going to be weird talking about him with Spielberg. Like, So ever since uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Spielberg has just been using very cheap not so great visual uh was it vfx and whatnot yeah well um another director who uses a lot of vfx but i when uh i was at Zack snyder when he made um, man of steel i appreciated that he did actually uh shoot as much of it practically as he possibly could yeah yeah for like sure he, like uh that the fight in smallville or whatnot he they did actually build and construct building facades to blow up <laughs> just blew up everything even and, like uh, the um the fast movies Right, a lot of that those movies are done 
pretty much 100% practical. Yeah, Verzvac, cool. Yeah, no, I was saw this thing earlier today where, like, uh, Verzvac seen in the ape one where, like, uh, the cars are uh, falling. They from... the cars and they, like, just start driving out of buildings and falling over. That was primarily done practically. I also saw that video today. Yeah, and it's, like, the huge explosions and everything. Yeah, and I think in, is it Fast Five with the airplane when they drive the cars out of the airplane? Um, that's Furious 7, and yeah, they did actually drive cars out of a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's so cool. Um, did you find something, Lucas? Yes. Uh, the the first movie to use computer-generated imagery um, was a 1973 uh, Michael Crichton movie called Westworld. Oh, based it's, off it's of... It's a sci-fi western. Based off of the TV series. Urban Way <laughs> show is based <laughs> off of it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that, like... Uh, I think uh, I was talking with uh, my buddy Shane about this on Saturday, which is I think CGI works best when you just don't really notice it. Like, as yeah. him and I were also watching Logan that day, and like, uh, like there are a lot of cyborg characters or whatnot, and you can't tell throughout most of it that um that those are uh, that those are CG those are like uh, mo-capped hands or whatnot. Yeah, like Boyd Halbrook's arm or whatever. Yeah, he has like that robot hand or whatnot, or even like uh, there's this scene where um. It's uh, Logan, uh, Professor X, and uh, Laura walking through a casino. Mm -hmm. They act, believe it or not, that was actually a green screen and uh, done with effects because they of uh, the casinos did not allow minors into. Uh, I was to film in there. That's Interesting. wild. Yeah. And one sense. one thing I always point out with uh, pretty incredible CG is uh, a huge portion of the third act of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is completely CG. Oh, Everything yeah. on the tower is completely 100% CGI. Yep. Yeah. And it's it. I I watched that movie like a dozen times before I learned that, and even then I had to look to like notice it. Yeah, my, for sure. Uh, my second viewing, I noticed it. I noticed a one or two things, maybe a bit, but that was just because I think it's like when there's so much of it all over the place or whatnot, like your eyes mm -hmm. kind of naturally adjust to it. Yeah, and and also the movie is so full of CGI apes that you're also you're already kind of in in the headspace of accepting CGI. Yeah, I agree. But still, it it looks pretty incredible. Well, the apes in that in those movies, yeah, like you said, they look pretty damn good. They do. They <laughs> yeah. look amazing, and like the the detail on the hair and everything. Mocap is such a huge step forward for CGI, um, like because all the all the motion is done. There, there's touch ups done and stuff like that, obviously, but like. The motion is already there and it's it with when a human does the motions it's probably much better than what maybe not i don't know but like it's much easier and more realistic than what an animator could probably do yeah, yeah not I saying guess. that animators can't make lifelike motion it's just it's it's hard to match reality yeah with you have with, you have the reference yeah with yeah, exactly. um with like puppetry and like animatronics and stuff you can sometimes really tell that something is an animatronic, you know? Yeah. Like, they'll glitch out or whatever, you know? And it just kind of feels a little off. Even um, in, like, uh, Jurassic Park, where, like, there are a few frames where you can kind of see the T-Rex start to quiver a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause um, just because so apparently... Cold. Yeah, well, because from what I understand, uh, the rain wasn't originally in the script, and it just got too cold, and the animatronic was kind of fucking up a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, like, froze up and shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, like like I said earlier, I I'm a sucker for practical effects, more specifically in horror films, um, because I don't know something about like CG violence and like blood and stuff just really just ruins a scene for me. There's, there's kind of a distance between 
well, you know even I mean? like when yeah. you even like when you watch action movies where a lot of the time I'm like use squibs like yeah. instead of like that habit they fell into in the 2000s where it's like CGI blood and mm-hmm. which can work like in 300 or something it works because that movie's already like super stylized or whatnot. Yeah, I agree. If you're making if you want want things to look real, use squibs. Just don't overload them like they did in a lot of uh, 80s action movies <laughs> yeah. where someone gets shot and like a fucking ocean of blood comes out of their chest. <laughs> yeah. That's not how that works. In Possessor, <laughs> so in Possessor there's a ton of practical effects um for the violence and it's funny as soon as we left the theater Le- Lucas was like, "Yeah, uh, sorry, Liam Liam was like, "Lucas is right. You can't just stab somebody once and kill them." Like you gotta you gotta stab him like seventeen I times. I like how that's something that is associated with me. I <laughs> yeah, said that that's something that, that I appreciated when watching it because it's like I'm mm-hmm. like like as Lucas says that like despite what you see in the movies, one stab does not kill somebody. You have to do it like five times to, yeah. before to any real. Well, that's that's why when when you hear about like murders where someone's like, oh, they're stabbed stabbed twenty four times. It's like yeah, because that's what it took. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it took to kill him. Put down the, the old bastard. Yeah, like there's a scene at the beginning of Possessor um, where uh, the killer woman like goes and stabs a guy in the neck and then he starts bleeding out. And that would obviously do it. Um, eventually, yeah, yes. Eventually. But then she he like falls to the ground and she stabs him like what, Liam? Like 20 fucking times in yeah, the chest? She, like, yeah, she like stabs him a bunch of times through a chest. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, spoilers. <laughs> I'm gonna spoil a little bit, but there's a bit where Sean Bean gets a beat down with a fire poker, and uh, he really takes it. And they like mm-hmm. the guy like stabs him in the mouth. Yeah, like and then, right here, and you see like him Jimmy Vatifa like a crowbar. Yeah, and he like starts pulling him out, and then he goes and he pops it in his eyeball and starts popping out his eyeball. Oh god! Yeah, it's real gross. I thought he said he didn't die. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> oh yeah. damn yeah that's brutal yeah it's funny I, as soon as the movie was over i looked up sean bean just on wikipedia and it said that he will not do any more movies where he dies <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and i thought about it for a second i was like oh yeah i guess he doesn't die in possessor which is a huge spoiler yeah. for those of you at home but mm-hmm. um i was gonna say that like i think where cgi has gone really frustrating for me is when I go to see like big blockbusters or whatnot. Like I understand that a lot of uh, uh, CGI does need to be used for those, but there are points where I'm like, you could have built a set or like, um, or just like mm. something to use around there. Like, yeah, well, there's it's an over it's an over reliance on it. I think like, that... yeah, there's a punch. There's like punch ups that happen. Um, for example, that scene in John Wick Two when he falls off the building and like crashes onto the 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 things like the overhangs and whatnot yeah. that's predominantly cg like the background mm-hmm. is like predominantly cg they built like mm-hmm. a tiny set for the stunt guy to fall down and then everything else was was green screened yeah. you know i mean yeah. like i just think to how uh, a few weeks ago after uh, uh was it after the trailer for the suicide squad came out uh there was an interview with or the roll call for the suicide squad came out james gunn was talking about how uh he felt really relieved uh, working on the Suicide Squad because he said, despite this probably being the biggest production he's ever done, um, that he actually got to shoot a lot of it on lo- mo- as much as it could on location and with actual costuming and and practical effects. Yeah, and he nice. said that like there are points when making Guardians Two it drove him crazy because he's like there are so many points here where I could have where I could have come up with a way to do to do it practically. Yeah, could mm-hmm. you imagine this the last scene in Endgame or not the last scene, but that the scene in Endgame with anything mm-hmm. other than CG. I do think one thing that Marvel does that really just kind of drives me bananas is when you see the behind the scenes footage and like half the suit is green. Like mm-hmm. half the well, suit is actually getting... not even real. 
well, especially given with the first Iron Man, like the, uh, what is it, like the upper armor or whatnot and chest or the first few movies, even up to uh, Ultron, like pretty much everything from here up or like some patching around the legs is done as a costume with uh, just some like green spots or whatnot to fill in in post. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then when you see to, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in like the end game behind the scenes, he's like wearing blue jeans. And just like a like a like a tank top, and he's just got like covered in green goo. Yeah, (laughs) even um, or even like uh, the airport fight in uh winters or in uh, not Winter Soldier uh, in Civil War. Yeah, there's no excuse for why they couldn't have shot more of that at an act at an airport or built a a facade or whatnot. Yeah, Mm. Heathrow, I think they shot it at right or something like that. Yeah, they I because if you go and watch the, the behind the scenes, like uh, it's all on a green screen. Yeah. I mean, like, kind of hard sh- to get Paul Rudd to be that big. But, no, but I know. mean, like, things like that, I understand. <laughs> but even, like, covers uh, that shot where um, Black Panther stands up after, like, those um, those arrows blow up around him. That's a completely CGI shot. Wow. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, where I'm like, oh, why? I'm pretty sure Chadwick could have just um, stood up. <laughs> stood up. <laughs> and, and speaking of stuff like that, um, production really, oftentimes production kind of treats cg as like an afterthought and they like do a lot of stuff on set that makes the special effects people's jobs way harder uh probably the most famous or at least the one that pops in my head first story about that is allegedly um tom hooper in cats did not want his performers to be distracted by mocap suits so they did not wear full mocap suits they still wore like skin tight stuff with like uh, uh, some mocap stuff around the head um uh so all of that cat fur had to be manually rotoscoped oh jesus christ why didn't you just oh. do like some fur over them and then like have a um and I then costumes i don't know if they had yeah, cat costumes it probably would have won an oscar for like costuming <laughs> well, honestly also- like but like and then and then like at the oscars and everything they like rebel wilson and james corden kind of threw that affects people under the bus when they got up on stage in their cat costumes it's like we know better than anybody the value of good special effects uh-huh. and the production actively fucked over the the uh the effects the team on cats yeah like if anyone has ever had to rotoscope something, that it fucking, takes a long time. It takes a long time, and at least for someone like me, it's extremely frustrating. Have you done it? I've done. I've done a little bit. Um, not not nothing to the like to that uh, level of stuff, but like it's it's tedious. It takes a long time. Just sitting in front of a computer, moving a couple dots, going to the next frame, moving a couple dots. Yeah. For them, they had to do that for every person in that movie. Which, is, uh... With no motion information. Fuck Tom Hooper. Fuck him. You're on the list, I don't Tom. Understand. Yeah, actually, I'm the I, there's actually debate as to how much of it was him and how much of it was him having to fit a deadline or whatnot. Or mm, see, he would have he would have met the deadline faster if he let them wear mocaps. <laughs> uh, um, the effects would have probably been a lot better too. Um, I was gonna say that um, a lot of people go off to me and say like, when I talk, complain about too much CGI, obvious CGI and big blockbusters, they're like, oh come on, Liam. Like that's something they just have to do. Like name me a, uh, was it name me a filmmaker who could actually do that? I'm like two words, Del Toro. Yeah. Oh mm. geez. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though like Crimson Peak definitely had a lot of CG in there, like the house well, and all that stuff. Well, but... actually, I looked into it. The house was actually built and whatnot, and all of that. 
um, even the ghosts or whatnot. He uh, just had Doug Jones in costume or whatnot for all of them. Doug Jones shot is so them great. In, shot them in front of a uh, green screen as well as some uh, facades. And then he, uh, in post, he imported them in front of the actors so huh. that like uh, they felt more tangible. Oh, that's oh. neat. Yeah, I watched nice. Hocus Pocus recently, and <laughs> Doug Jones is the zombie in that. Like, nearly, nice. or not nearly headless snake. Oops. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he plays a zombie in that one, and it's great. He 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 just adds so much character to that, you know? I, yeah, that's why, like, with costuming and practical effects and stuff— it, yeah, like we've mentioned it already several times, that the tangibility is just so much more there. It can sometimes look really childish and if like you don't kiddish. Have, if you, especially if you don't have somebody who knows what they're doing with it or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And um, it also depends on the time as well and like what they have to do. Because like at the time, uh, the original Planet of the Apes, everyone was like, whoa, that's so cool. And nowadays, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, some <laughs> yeah. things I could go back to and be like, this still looks really fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. Alien still looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, a lot of that is it wasn't even just with CGI, they were just camera tricks. So they did, like, you know that scene in Alien where they find, like, the uh, the jockey in the chair? Mm-hmm. Um, the set was actually too small for the actors at first. Um, so uh, Scott, uh, just for the wide or whatnot of everything, just had his kids show up to the set, dress in the costumes. <laughs> And then just start climbing it. That's so funny. Nice. It's like a jungle gym, but scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, or um, I was going to say, and then like other other things where like you can really blend the two well or like the methods of doing them. Like a lot of people don't know that with uh, Gollum and the Lord of the Rings, uh, Gollum was originally going to be a puppet and an animatronic. Mm-hmm. But when they went the CGI route, they trained the guy who was designing all of that to work with the software and how to operate it. Andy Serkis? Nice. <laughs> no, the guy who was designing the puppet and the costuming. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, they cause... hired him. They they taught him to use the software and whatnot, and that's why Gollum still probably looks as good as he does. Yeah, and thank God for Andy Serkis. Honestly, yes. he... and all mocap actors. Honestly, yeah, like they have, re- like you said earlier, Lucas, it's really helped a mm-hmm. lot with CG, especially in the like the Apes movies. I don't think if they were mo if they weren't mocap, it wouldn't have had the same. Um, like physicality and yeah definitely yeah i feel like it would have lost a lot of that humanity behind it Mm -hmm. as well it was especially for what we're going for where we're still like have more animal instinct or whatnot as opposed to the original Mm -hmm. we're like in this they move still a little bit more like animals yeah we're like um and one downside to um makeup and costuming or whatnot is the older some actors get they just can't do it like um, when uh, Hellboy 3 almost happened, Ron Perlman said, this will be the last makeup and prosthetic, co- uh, uh, what is it, a uh, job I ever do. Because mm-hmm. he says like, yeah, I'm turning, I'm pushing 70. I can't physically do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please don't. Yeah, there's, there, there, I think there's pros and cons to both. Um, and a lot of artistry to both as well. A lot of skill goes into both of them. I think a lot of people miss that with CGI. Yeah. Like that shit's not easy. No. Like I've done, I've done a, a minuscule amount of 3D modeling, and it's it doesn't even it, it's like a drop in an ocean compared to some of the stuff they do in what, blockbusters. What have you done? I've, I don't know if we've. Ever uh, talked I used to about I used to post them on Facebook while we were in school. I made I just made like some weapons. I made like a TARDIS. I made mm. a Dalek and stuff like that. Um, I just I mostly just taught myself. I just downloaded Blender, looked up a couple tutorials, and right. played with it. There's a subreddit um, called Blender Donuts, and it's literally <laughs> just people trying Blender for the first time. And the easiest thing to make is a donut. 
Uh-huh. So they just like post their donuts. So yeah, go check that out. <laughs> Blender donuts, everybody. Yeah, the first the first thing I made in Blender was a sword because of course I made a sword. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I was gonna say I will say one thing, but I don't think CG gets nearly enough credit for for what it's really good at, which is removing things. Oh, geez. yes. Like yes. Uh, like mustaches. <laughs> well, I was thinking one example. I was it one particular example is uh, go back and watch Forrest Gump and look at some of the CGI when Forrest is interacting with like uh, historical figures. It still looks good. Yeah, like, it looks mm-hmm. decent enough, but like you don't really notice that Lieutenant Dan has no legs. Like it's so good at removing the fact that he had, yeah. um, and he just like legs. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like just to, like even just simple things like that. Like uh, I mean, also a lot of that came from the actor's performance, but like, but there is the fact that like uh, that I can't imagine how much work it took to remove his legs from yeah. every frame. Yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. quite a few like behind the scenes stuff for that movie because I like. Forrest Gump. I don't know if I've ever hid that fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty bonkers how much work had to go into making uh, Gary Sinise. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Like, not... I, keep want, I keep I keep getting Gary Sinise and Bruce Greenwood mixed up for some reason. I kept wanting like... to say Greg Kinnear for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, or even but yeah, like... but no, you're, you're, I'm glad you brought that up, Liam, because that's something that I kind of forgot about. But removing things is such a huge part. Of, even of uh even uh like uh i was it in, in pretty much all the spider-man movies he appears in dr connor's arm oh yeah mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah gotta, um, cut, gotta cut that bitch off <laughs> or even <laughs> it's for your career sorry <laughs> or even just like how um for uh like think about like how right after 9-11 a lot of movies ended up removing the world trade center in post yeah yeah, yeah. wait what's 9-11 <laughs> well, I the, did that uh, for the, the ninth number and the eleventh number. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'd be kind of wild if that if like a weird event happened on that day. <laughs> oh no, because <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of like nine one one. Yep. Okay. Well, that was this, is, this has gotten weird. That did All not right. land. <laughs> um, I guess uh, another uh, like because when I think of uh. Uh, was it again there's also a fact that people i was i alluded to earlier but people forget that like uh there are points where a movie is mostly cg and it really works or whatnot or like uh live action films like it really depends also on what you're going for like like it's something like sin city you don't really notice it right because of uh, the whole movie is so it blends together so well and is so stylized and you can't really get that without what they were doing yeah shark boy and lava girl god no. <laughs> not not but a I good mean, example um, or like uh, an ex- another example I use, like transporting somebody to another world or like something more adjacent to the real world, something like across the universe. Is there, yeah. What do you like? CG? Like where um, without a lot of the effects they were doing or whatnot there, I don't think that movie would have come across the same way. Like with um, Jim Sturgis and uh, uh, what is it? And uh, what's her name? Uh, Evan mm-hmm. Rachel Wood in the water or whatnot, where it's Uh-oh. like really stylized around them. Yeah. Or like just pretty much like when as soon as that movie turns into an acid trip at the halfway point. Yeah, it's a good movie though. It's a good one. Yeah, like I mean, looking forward at movies, it's it's an inevitability that like CJ is just going to be kind of like there, and like we're eventually going to get to a point where we're going to have CG actors, right? Like there's that whole bit in um, BoJack when they like scan his whole head and then he actually yep. doesn't do any of the performance in that movie at all <laughs> but wins what does he win an oscar i can't remember 
I don't think so. He's nominated. Yeah. But that was that yeah. was the year Mr. Peanut Butter accidentally took over the Oscars and Avatar won Best Picture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to, yeah, no, or even like, uh, um, I was going to say there actually was an experiment back in the 2000s to do, to create CGI actors mm-hmm. in a movie that, for a movie that bombed at the box office. Which one? That Final Fantasy movie. Oh, Advent Children? Or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tried to make a um their whole goal was to uh try and create CG actors to sell to um uh, was it to sell to major studios or whatnot. Interesting. Okay. And so weird. nobody saw it. I've seen Rip. it. <laughs> so at least one person saw it. That yeah, was at me. least one. Um, yeah. Or even like uh even just like little tidbits or whatnot where I think I uh, was it CGI is really great is like uh, in movies like uh, say where you need to add snow or whatnot, like there are points mm. where I'll see it's super unnoticeable. Like in the Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, like uh, they started off filming when it was like the coldest winter ever, but then spring came along and it got really hot. Yeah. Mm. So Fincher was like, "Well, shit, now uh, since all the snow is melted, I need to uh, <laughs> I need to have somebody put some snow in there." Yeah. And you don't really notice when you watch the movie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the same thing with Fargo, like the TV series. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I, I remember hearing stories about the production about how they never had enough snow. Yeah, and they had to like ship in snow. Yeah, same with the Revenant. Yeah. Though they yeah. refused CGI there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we already have snow. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's melted too fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I've kind of ran the gambit on this. Yeah, uh, I I really like both. I think both can be overused or underused, and they both have pros and cons. I think I think one of the best things about CGI is safety. Uh, it's 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 increased like stunt person safety a lot. Like oh, there's yeah. a lot of uh, things they don't have to do anymore. <laughs> That's that, just, is, that is definitely for sure. <laughs> I just think that where my frustrations come with it is mainly when I go to see blockbusters or whatnot, and I see just so much of it used. Where I'm like, there are points you didn't need to use it here. Yeah, yeah. If you got the money, you might as well use it, right? Um, yeah. I like. Uh, I do also like. Uh, I was gonna say when they. Uh, Again, another uh, using the best or whatnot is when they. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and I used to watch and I would watch the uh, the making of feature for the first Transformers movie, and they'd show like how when they actually went in when uh, something would get hit by a Transformer there, they would actually uh, was it they would actually blow it up and then uh, try to uh, have the CGI effect match it. Yeah, like for uh, the most and, part, um, they do a pretty good job, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the first Transformers movie still looks pretty good. Yeah. Mainly just because, like, when they interact with something, it looks like it's actually being hit by force. And, uh, right. Like, where's that fight, uh, with Optimus Prime and, uh, some generic Decepticon on the highway where he, like, breaks through a bus? Right. And, like, yeah, no, mm-hmm. they actually, uh, they actually did, like, rip a bus in half or whatnot. And then they just put the effect over it. Yeah. Which is very nice. cool. Yeah. The punch ups, right? Okay. Yeah. I think, I think, like, uh, the exclusivity of either, like, is kind of silly. Like I, I understand the desire to make to use practical effects because I, I, I think there's definitely something special about them, but like when you're when you go so far uh, as to do something absolutely ludicrous, like actually drop a plane out of the sky, <clears throat> Christopher Nolan, yeah, uh, because you don't want to use CGI, I that's just. That's just wasteful, honestly. <laughs> We're gonna drop a plane there, mate. <laughs> um, or uh, even like where it's led to accidents happening, like on the set of mm-hmm. Dunkirk, where they've lost a where they lost a lot of money just from a few studs that went wrong. Or yeah. the Twilight yeah. Zone. Mm. Did yeah. something happen there? 
the movie. Yeah, that helicopter crash. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They didn't really have CGI then, but that was just negligence. But yeah. 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 Um, you know, again, I just think of people who I res- and respect, like, again, like Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron. Mm-hmm. Where like uh like because I remember going to uh the studio where they shot Harry of uh, a third Harry Potter and whatnot, where they did a lot of the works and most of the stuff you see there that you think would be CGI was a uh was uh from the basis of practical effect like yeah. that werewolf, uh was a bad uh, Lupin turns into yeah that was uh it was a prosthetic that was built to so uh, his head would sit in the neck or the actors and then they would have an animatronic over top. Very oh nice, cool. that's cool. Very cool. Yeah, so this has been our conversation about practical effects versus CG. Kind of a shorter conversation, but that's okay. Um, when we come back from the break, we are going to jump right into Cool Wars. Yeah, damn right, we're jumping into Cool Wars. This one is something else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, we will see everybody in a minute. This is for the P. And this is for the poop. <laughs> wow, the shit I took earlier today would not have fit in there. Okay. I have a really small butthole. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, This is the third time I'm doing this intro because my internet is crapped out. But I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you're still sticking around. Um, Not like you really went anywhere because if you got this far in the episode, then you're probably pretty dedicated. So we're going to jump right into Cool Wars. Cool Wars. Cool Wars is a game that we like to play at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast where we discuss um, totally arbitrary um, matchups between people that we've made a list of that is also incredibly arbitrary. Um, The main rule of Cool Wars is that the individuals are not physically fighting. Rather, they are being pitted up against each other in pure amounts of coolness. Um, Go ahead and Google the word cool to find all the definitions of the word so that you can follow along. Liam, who is today's matchup on Cool Wars? Today's Cool War is Spider-Man versus Happy Gilmore. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. All right. Start the timer there, big boy. All right. (laughs) Three, two, one. Okay. One of them can shoot fucking webs. The other Mm -hmm. one is Spider-Man. No. (laughs) No. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. He does whatever a spider can. That's right. Did you know, sorry, semi-sidebar, but in Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is the new game that's coming out, you get a cat. (laughs) You get to have spider cat, and it wears a little Spider-Man mask and does attacks for you. Is it actually like a spider cat, or is it just a cat? It's just a cat that wears a (laughs) Spider-Man mask. (laughs) Boom. Cool War's done. There you go. No, yeah, Spider-Man has a lot of different forms as well. Like a lot of different people are Spider-Man. Yeah. And so many different interpretations of each of those spider people. That's true. Mm-hmm. Spider people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spider like, people. Um, I mean, the best uh, representation of that would be uh, into the Spider-Verse, which definitely. Or, yeah. you know, or, you know, just reading a bunch of comics. So you actually see all of those different takes instead of one overlong. Oh, oh was it? Oh, was it just big celebration of the whole thing? Okay, can you just, like, be nice to me, please? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was just using it as an example because it's a movie podcast, you fuck. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what's uh, Spider-Man. There is so many different versions of him of that, you know, anybody can of them actually, because there are female Spider-Man as well. Spider people um, that, you know, you can really find your voice in Spider-Man in some capacity or other. Happy Gilmore is a hockey player turned golfer played by Adam Sandler, um, who gets angry. Now, mm-hmm. the thing, though, is that by the end of the movie, he learns to channel his anger and to not be so so ragey and to save the world of golf from sh- Shooter McGavin. All it, took, <laughs> all it took was to rip taking your skate off and using it to stab somebody That's right. and um, beating up Bob Barker. That's now, right. here's, here's a quick question, though, um, that I want to know your opinions on. Is the world of golf worth saving? Uh, um, no. So I think we have our answer now. Um, I was going to say, I guess one thing that has always been kind of cool about uh, Happy Gilmore is that he gets into what he's doing mainly because he wants to help his grandma. Yeah. He's, oh, that's nice. Hey, he's wholesome. Have you never seen it, Lucas? Uh, not, I think I, I might've seen like clips from it. it. It like, I feel like I've seen, it's one of those movies where I feel like I've seen it, but I don't actually know if I've right, seen it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you've probably seen enough of the clips to have seen the whole movie disjointed. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I have a very vivid memory of uh, him just clubbing the ground with a golf club because he got mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's probably yelling at the golf ball to get it yeah. into the hole. And yeah. like, the hole is your home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot to mention in in ingestion? I also watched Hubie Halloween. Um, it, it's so totally sidebar, but it sucked anyway. Um, oh, really, you think? Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah, Spider-Man, like, when I... I mean, he's conflicted. That's probably the best thing about him that that Mm -hmm. makes him really cool is that he's trying his best to be a hero, but also just be like a teenager. I mean, in most cases, most modern Spider-Man. Go ahead. uh, I was going to say the Peter Parker version, at least in the the version that I'm familiar with, uh, got into being a hero for vengeance, which is a really interesting uh, way to look at him considering how wholesome he's considered yeah that's true i never really thought of that because yeah i guess yeah he he doesn't i mean he gets he turns into spider-man before anything happens to uncle ben um or but, he starts to become spider-man the thing that cemented it was uncle ben getting killed right so he's <laughs> he's um the man spider or whatever the hell uh <laughs> they want to call him is my that name's the human spider the human yeah, got my right. name wrong <laughs> and the spider is that bruce campbell in that scene yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean he he he's arguably one of the most like um known superheroes on, on mm-hmm. like in media it's like him superman batman you know, like yeah. those are the big three in terms of male superhero. Um, you know, you think, you know, the major five, you got to throw Wonder Woman in there. Right. And mm-hmm. like Iron Man. Um, but Spider-Man definitely like demonstrates the the, the anybody can be a hero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, if you got bitten by a radioactive spider and then turned into a Spider-Man. But yeah, but that, that's what's cool about uh, especially Peter Parker and Miles Morales. They're like they're they're just regular people who happen to have been bitten by the thing. Yeah. Like they're not they're not genius billionaires. They're not aliens. Well, they're just I mean, regular people in a specific situation. Because Peter's has a genius intellect, right? You, like, yeah, he's, he's, he's close. He's real good at science. Yeah, I'm happy. Gilmore is a golfer. Okay, um, let's <laughs> talk also, more about uh, Spider Man. Um, I was gonna say uh, one thing that is an advantage, but also disadvantage to Spider Man, which is that there are so many versions to go off of. 
and the thing with the, which is a good thing, but what it, what it leads to is that when Spider-Man sucks, it really sucks. Uh, yeah, that's um, true. Like, like, I mean, I'm going to say again, like I'm at a point now where I'm pretty sick of Disney Channel Spider-Man. Oh, what, Liam, what was that? What's the what's the series that I read? It's not spectacular. It's uh, that superior. One, superior. Oh, my God. Hands down the worst Spider-Man series I've ever read. I stopped oh, reading when they gave Spider-Man a gun. <laughs> Because oh, set up is Lucas that Doc Ock is dying of like cancer or something like mm-hmm. that, and so he infiltrates Peter's mind and then takes over as yeah. Spider-Man. So Doc Ock is Spider-Man, but he's a little bit more of an angry, vengeful Spider-Man than than Peter ever was. Yeah, and then at one point he's like, you know what would really help me like solving crime? If I had a fucking gun, <laughs> so, and I was like, I'm done. I bought like yeah. 16 of those issues because I was like, maybe it'll get good. Mm-mm. But yeah, I do agree with Liam. There, like that is a huge detriment. Is that when Spider-Man's bad? Spider-Man's bad. Like how he, didn't he like at some point like give his marriage to the devil or something no, like that? No. So um, he um, <laughs> yeah, so it's does. this it's the infamous Spider-Man story called uh, One More Day, mm-hmm. which is where um Aunt May dies and he makes a deal with Mephisto the demon who uh, cursed Ghost Rider um, to um, bring Mary Jane back in exchange for his wet, for his marriage. And I'm like, just in general, that's a bad place to start, given that the, <laughs> mm-hmm. the character who's all about responsibility and owning your mistakes <laughs> makes is a, deal a deal with a literal demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he killed Gwen Stacy. So there's Yeah, that. rip. Kind of. Like, sort of. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Green Goblin would hold most of the responsibility, but Peter had some of that there. He broke her back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like unfortunate. Bane. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I like most of the Spider-Man movies um mm-hmm. with with the exception of probably 3 of them. Like I'm not a fan of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um I like yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man fine. I think yeah, it's I think same. it's okay. Um I'm not I like I've gotten to the point now where I really don't like Far From Home. Um, mm. it really just doesn't do it for me. I like Homecoming fine because Michael Keaton is fucking amazing in that movie. He's 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 the best. The, the scariest part of that movie is when he's just looking in the rearview mirror. I know, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel about the next one that they do. Um, mm. but oh, I, look, look, we're VMCU and now we're doing our Spider Verse. Yeah, I I mean you've probably heard that uh, into what is it the Doctor Strange two? What's it called? Into Madness or in the Multiverse of Madness? Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. That there's rumors that Toby and uh, Andrew Garfield are gonna show up in there because it's I like I kind of hope they don't. I don't know. It's been more or less confirmed that apparently they, they will be appearing. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know yeah. that uh, Jamie Foxx is playing Electro again, but he's not the same Electro. But that oh, kind of okay. opens, and it's Raimi too, so mm-hmm. it like kind of opens up the potential and the possibility for that. Yeah. Um, I just think it'd be so bonkers if the movie was actually just Spider-Man 4. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi's like, hey. Fuck you, I'm not making Doctor Strange. Surprise, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> just fires Benedict Cumberbatch, hires Tobey Maguire, and I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, just wait. <laughs> yeah, you guys just hold on to your butts. Why, do, yeah, why does this script for Doctor Strange 2 say Spider-Man 4? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> why is Bruce Campbell Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much time do we got left, Lynn? 
uh, 56 seconds. Oh, okay. Oh, look at that. I think, I think we're right. pretty much I have my answer. answer. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure we all do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys ready? Yep. Three, two, two one. One. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> we talked about Happy Gilmore for 40 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> this just became a gush over Spider-Man. Why was... But... Why was fucking happy gilmore on the list he I made the a, list yeah. ask him i didn't just you guys also helped make the yeah list. we also i put a bunch of like niche characters on there that neither of you know who they are and i'm like oh, okay <laughs> it's gonna yeah when we get there we'll it'll be good um yeah so lucas you want to do the, the the sign off here for us sure uh, if you like what you heard, follow us on social media, such as Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. On YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, we are Thunder Lizard Collective. On Wizard, on uh, Twitter, we are Thunder Lizard OG, That's, or Thunder Lizard Og, if you prefer. Um, uh, you all can also uh, tell your friends, give us five stars on iTunes, or the equivalent uh, app you use, as well as follow us on there, uh, as well as on Spotify, we're there as well. Um, tell your friends, force it upon your loved ones. Uh, we also have another show. Uh, we, uh, at least, at least one of the show. I don't know if you want to talk about expose, expose yourself. No, I deleted it. All right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Lucas and I have been developing one show still for a while, but we really should change the name. (laughs) We're going to have, we're going to have a thunder lizard meeting after this. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like, I feel like that's the second time you've used that joke. Uh, Uh, we have Thunder and Dragons, where I uh, I am the uh, the dungeon master of uh, these two, as well as our friend Dan, uh, I, romping around the world in epic adventures. Um, what did I miss? Our patrons! Our That's patrons! Right. We have patrons! That's right. You can follow us on patreon.com slash thunderlizard. And I would like to thank Kate, Tanya, Brittany, Scott, and Manos. So big yeah, thanks you to roll. you guys. Yeah, big ups. Um, yeah. So. All right. Did I miss anything? No, you nailed it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was very nervous when he asked me to do it. <laughs> you know, it's your turn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, this has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. See ya. Should I put it's that? not information I particularly wanted. <laughs> Should I put that in the show, Liam? No, <laughs> no, no. God, no. <laughs> Just start the episode off with, for the record, my mom does in fact have big fake breasts.